Oh my god. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing. Love that it. Is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Come and get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. Today's guest is a total inspiration. Welcome to Grace Brennan, who's the founder of Buy From The Bush. Over the last few months, we have watched on in awe as her Instagram campaign, which urged people to buy their Christmas presents from rural businesses, went absolutely bonkers. Grace single-handedly plunged many of our friends' businesses into the spotlight and out of a drought slump. At the same time, it was creating true social change in Australia. Feel so lucky to be speaking to <laughs> you today, Grace. Welcome. Thanks, and you Pip. must be exhausted. I am getting exhausted. Just now I'm feeling it. I think maybe reality's biting a bit. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's been great. It's been and amazing. you're pregnant as well, which yes. is probably and also think, another think, element you know, of that. The, like middle trimester, you may as well not be pregnant. Yeah. Like I just didn't really feel it. But just in the last few weeks, there's something that's changed and I'm just realising my limits all of a sudden. Yeah, so what an incredible few months it's been and congratulations. Thank you. And do you feel like after Christmas that maybe you're just coming up for air now or do you feel like the momentum's just still going as crazy it's it was weird. before? Yeah, it hasn't slowed. I keep anticipating the slowdown. And I thought that January would be... Like, we were just going nuts for a Christmas deadline, just trying to kind of leverage yeah. the traction as much as possible and thought that January would kind of be our time to consolidate and, like, think strategically and have a breath. But... Um, it hasn't, it hasn't slowed. So um, like the interest hasn't slowed. So there's kind of opportunities coming at us. And, um, and yeah, I think maybe the bushfires also, um, you know, tapped into people's appetite to help even more. So there was kind of this renewed interest in a way that I hadn't anticipated. So it, it has been crazy, but it is going to slow. I, I know it. I'm just riding the wave until it does yeah you got to make hay while the sun that's shines what i think yeah yes. there's not that much time like you know people get over things pretty quickly and yes. we've only got a certain time to engage them in a way that they might stay with us in the long term so but that's i kind feel of like we're... you've been able to really things come and go but i feel like what you've done is long term hopefully hopefully i reckon that's our challenge that um to keep kind of engaging people in a way that they don't necessarily expect it doesn't kind of saturate i mean i get over something like on a, on social same, media i get over same. something really quickly so what is going to keep their interest and how can we kind of keep connecting people because um, i think that's kind of at the core of buy from the bush so yeah i mean that's the challenge going forward and hopefully we'll be creative about it yeah mm. you're just so smart i'm just looking at you thinking <laughs> oh my gosh you just speak so beautifully it's so smart i'm what? cringing as i speak oh I'm my god don't it's be so oh, it's just it's just truly amazing <laughs> why why do you think it went so viral i reckon i need more time to know that but um I kind of am not surprised that people want 
like they, I think that there was an ap- appetite to help. It's kind of that idea I was thinking about when you have, you know, you ask volunteers to come and help with something and then they find there's no job to do and it's yes. the worst kind of come down. But I think if people feel needed and if there's a clear job to do, it empowers them to kind of get shit done. And I think in this case, it was such an easy action. Like, here's some beautiful stuff if you want to help support this business. Um, so it wasn't difficult for people to engage no. in that. And I also think there was no cringe factor in sharing that. Like nobody had, like I don't have skin in the game. I wasn't a business owner. So I could kind of hustle on behalf of others. Yes, yes. And everybody um, who shared and kind of followed and again, there was no skin in the game for them. So um, whereas sometimes there's a kind of, there's a clear agenda on social media. I don't think there was. So I, I think it just kind of was a collective response to something rather than any one thing. But I am kind of trying to take stock and understand um if there were kind of particular elements that made it grow faster. But I actually think people just wanted to help. And also there was a great wealth of untapped talent and I know um, business out here. So it was kind of just spreading that. It's amazing that there's so many um, cool women doing oh, great stuff out in the bush because so out of out of need, because yeah. they needed to make money, but they also needed to satisfy their souls exactly. as well. So I think there's just so many interesting things and, going on out here. And I, I think if they weren't out west, then they might not be like they would have gone down some career path that they or be working know. for someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, in some ways, it allows you the time to kind of activate that creative side of you, but also um, through necessity, as you said. And at a time like this, those dollars mean so much more. So. Um, I've loved seeing how people kind of, from the start of Buy From The Bush to now, have how their Instagram feeds have like just, um, I suppose the investment they've made in kind of leveraging the opportunity yes. is just so inspiring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that your success just goes to show that it's never too late to start something. You know, that if people resonate with an idea, whether it's a business or a campaign or yeah. a some sort of a purpose that the people will come, you know, what, yeah. what advice would you give to people who are embarking on something new, like a new project? Um, I feel so in it, like I, I, inadequate to give that advice because I think it's, um, there are so many obstacles that are kind of so individual, but I was told in a, um, in a startup context when I was working on startup that, the um, the aim is kind of progress, not perfection, and I just found that really mm. empowering. Like yeah. in in the startup world, you get something in the market, you test it, you kind of iterate, um, you keep improving. But it's so hard, I think, especially for women. But it's so hard when you've got this idea to think about doing that. You want it to be perfect before you go to market yes. or before you kind of even tell anyone about it. Yeah. And I think if we just get rid of that and just go, well, let's just have a crack. Um, it can it can get better as we go, and we can make mistakes. And just know that if you're making progress, it's worth your while because, you know, obviously there's learnings along the way. So that's my only kind of slightly unqualified advice. That no, just that's have like, a crack. Per, I think that's such great advice. Yeah. 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 And how, how are you going to keep this momentum going? Mm. We are just, as I said, trying to be a bit strategic now in terms of... Uh, being able to sustain Buy From The Bush as an organisation. Up until now, it's been kind of 
any opportunity that was going to um, benefit individual businesses in the bush, like we were trying to kind of, yes, 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 saying yes to so much. And now it's our challenge to kind of go, okay, well, how can we pull resources behind us to ensure that this isn't a flash in the pan? And again, like that, so there's kind of the content creation side of things to keep engaging people and keep telling the story of the bush um, and, and hoping that it benefits businesses, but then also our kind of organisational aims and how we can get some resources on board and then sustain them. So we're kind of assessing our options at the moment and trying to get partners on and that kind of thing to kind That's of grow amazing. it. amazing. What happened to you? So you had a business. Have a business. Yes. Which How's I'm neglecting. that going? Yeah, neglecting. Yes. My partner's I'm, doing all the work. Oh, bless. Righto. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that that is the like critical backstory. Like there's two sides of it, I suppose. Um, obviously experiencing drought and wanting to be helpful in some way but also knowing as a business owner a how challenging it is doing it remotely yeah um, and b like what it means when somebody just shares something on Facebook for you like just backs you in a way and I think that there's not like that can't be overstated what that does to a small business owner so I think that that really informed the campaign in a way, um, knowing that like may, like dollars aren't the most important thing. Sometimes it's just somebody else thinking it's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. yeah so even though it, um, I've never run a small business in the sense of a retail shop or anything like that, but I do think um, my experience in that business has kind of helped you. Well, in, yeah, maybe inspired me to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm. And your Australia Day address was in, was just such a moment in time for rural Australians and like totally brought tears to my eyes. And I just think you just explained it so well. You explained the drought so well that you gave the images that you provoked. I just think you should just be so, so proud of yourself. People oh, were printing it off to give to their children when they grow <laughs> up. Like it was, it was a really special time in our history. When, when you got that phone call, that asked you to do that. What, what did you think? I thought it was uh, so strange. I asked if I could just have a, some time to think about it. Um, and then went and Googled what the Australia Day address was. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and immediately just saw the people who had spoken before. And, th- and I remember, like, um, I was at my kitchen table and there was so much else going on. I kind of didn't... Um, couldn't spend much time thinking about it but my husband walked in for smoker I was like I just got a phone call about doing an Australia Day address and and he was like right and I said and I um I don't think I can say no to something like that can I like you know that yeah. instinct you just want to go no thank you yes. thanks so much oh, that's go- I'll just go into a yeah. cave now and yes. like never come out yeah um so it was it was yeah it was very strange but also because things were so manic and so busy it was kind of this lovely thing that I I said yes and then didn't think about it again until kind of the week before so it didn't how did you I even write it like it was just so perfect <laughs> um I just I don't know at night time when the kids had gone to bed in the lead up in the about a week before I went to Sydney and left the kids at home and then had some space to really think about it but the the process was that you had to give like a preview to the press oh yeah before okay, I'd even yeah. written like I hadn't yeah. written the speech and I had to do a three-minute preview. So it was, oh. yeah, it was quite, wanting to do it justice was stressful. Um, but I don't know. I think we all have that in us. Like we all, we all want to say something yeah. and we all have our own personal experience. And I just thought it was just, 
I could just tell my story. I think if I felt like one of the, when I met with them, I said, am I meant to be representative of some great mass of Australia? Because if I am, that will paralyze me. Or are you interested in just you. a story? Yeah. And they said, no, that's exactly the point. Um, it's one Australian story and it's your kind of commentary on our identity and stuff. So yeah. that enabled me to just go, okay, well, I'm just going to... Speak his me. Yeah, exactly. And um, and try and illustrate it in a way. Because I think Buy From The Bush, like what motivates me is storytelling. And that was just another kind of opportunity to do it. You're a very good storyteller. <laughs> do, how did you feel on stage and then afterwards? I, I don't know. I felt fine. So yeah. weird. So weird. I didn't feel... Um, it is so far outside my comfort zone, but also this amazing opportunity to mm. um, to speak on behalf of the bush. And I just, yeah, I think I enjoyed it, weirdly. Yeah. 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 Oh, weirdly. well, like, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> you know, and I think that Buyer from the Bush has never been self-reflecting at all. It's always been about everyone else. And after so many TV interviews and everything that you've been going through, how um, have you been keeping yourself grounded in all of this? Grounded. That, is, that has been really deliberate. I, I have this feeling that like, people didn't... I think they're more interested if it's a collective story than, it, like, than my own. I think yes. mine's a little bit boring compared to like, the great... It's not kind boring. Of, but you know, the, like, yeah. there's so much to tell about what people are going through in the drought and also the inspiring stuff that they're doing in business, um, that to me is, as soon as you kind of personalise it too much, it risks isolating some people who aren't. So if it's kind of collective, I think it has greater power. But um, grounded like so easily. I mean, my life is yeah <laughs> just in disarray. So it's not, and also there's just so much to do. Yeah. Like, tell us, tell us about your life in Warren. You live in Warren with your family yeah. on the farm. Yeah. Um, my husband manages a farm for a corporate company, so we're in the position of getting a weekly wage. So I feel okay. like um, our experience of the drought, though it is daily and relentless, it's kind of different to our neighbours. And having come from a family farming background, we've had that, like I know what it is to have that kind of stress in your gut around yes. death and everything. But right now I also know how lucky I am not to have it. So it kind of gives me some perspective that maybe allows me to... Um, have the freedom to do stuff like this but it's shit it's really it's been really shit and um yeah i mean he's a crop he manages a um, cropping and sheep farm and just the daily grind of drought has been and i think like we're only just talking about this um one of the hard things when you suddenly get asked about it is feeling like you're over like am i overdoing this a bit like is this what because especially because i'm from the city and yeah. people in the bush would always tone things down. Yeah. Um, I'm really reluctant to kind of say how bad it is. And it was... Um, but it is bad. But it's that bad. It? Yeah. That's what I realised. Like I had this yeah. reality moment before I created the Instagram page, was, which was like I went to, I ran into a couple of girlfriends, went to a lunch and just had this sinking feeling like it's actually as bad as I think it is. People are worried, sick um, for their partners and for their family members. And so let's like, let's just talk about it. Uh, you yes. know, whoops. Um, yeah, so I think it isn't, I, I think that human element, like the human suffering, and for women, um, it's even harder to talk about. If you're not actively involved in the business, like if you're not working day to day on the farm, sometimes it feels like you're revealing too much if you're talking about the experience of drought because you might be 
revealing that, um, you know, maybe it's about debt or maybe it's about depression or it yes. doesn't feel like your story to tell. Yes. But so I, whenever I can try and just talk about the partner's experience, which is like this um, pretty awful reality of trying to keep spirits high at home when yes. there's an immense stress in the household. And that's exhausting. And like I was speaking to a friend who said, I just need pajamas. Like I really need pajamas. I don't have pajamas, but I cannot go and buy some. But then um, like her partner might then invest in machinery. And it's that, that incredible disempowering feeling of like, yeah. what, how can we, like we're buying machinery, but I couldn't afford pajamas. But uh, like, you know, you yeah. simultaneously understand it, but also feel deep kind of, um, yeah, powerlessness, I suppose. I because... feel like a farm is one of those really like odd businesses where family and life and exactly. business are just so intertwined that you can't separate, separate the two. And I think that's where it's like really when unique. the drought and, you know, when your business is going not so well, yeah. it can feel like just pure sickness yes you know exactly. but when it's exactly. going well it it just takes over every aspect of your life and you feel yeah like but they're just a farm is just so interesting that's so intertwined but then so much of it is out of your control because of the like exactly the out climate of mother nature and the, the weird thing that i've observed again being not like not growing up in farming is that all your neighbors are in the same industry so it's this weird reality of um like knowing what each other are up to but what that balance of pride of like wanting to keep your stuff private but also relying on each other in a kind of a really strong communal sense and it's so unusual that um like in sydney your friends and neighbors would not be in the same industry so they wouldn't necessarily know you're going through a really sh- no. terrible time but no. you can't hide it in the bush but you also need to somehow salvage that little bit of kind of um like in any industry things do need to be kept like things are sensitive and and so that's like totally. another level of stress so when women get together um you can be open but there's also kind of a limit to your openness like when i first arrived there to warren i realized like i was oversharing at every single event i was like spilling my guts about our, all about and I then i realized that. nobody else was yeah and i've slowly absorbed the culture of like well some things are just easier if they're, you know, within your house. So anyway, it's a, it's a really unique... I, I don't think, think I'd like to go to a party with you. I think you'd be great fun. <laughs> Spill my guts galore. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and have you literally been running by from the bush from your kitchen table? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and on the road and, I mean, yeah, it's been... Yeah, and your and your depiction of wives crying at the t- kitchen table, um, in your Australia Day address really summed up the drought, and I felt that was really powerful. And I guess that's what we were talking mm. about just before, mm. like that just that image. Mm. I think that yeah, it's really as I said, it's really hard when people ask you about your personal experience of drought because I don't want to say too much. I don't want to talk on behalf of others. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to kind of, you know, I don't know, be dramatic. Yeah. But truly that is probably the one that resonates. Mm. But I love how, you know, you have that picture of the kitchen table, but then it's yeah. the lady crying in it, but it's where it's like your boardroom. You've, yeah. You've made so much change from that kitchen table that yeah. I think you sort of turn, turn it on its head and have sort of changed it around. Yeah. How does your husband, Jack, think about this <laughs> 
you know, your newfound fame and <laughs> everything that you've done? Um, I haven't asked him, but he <laughs> he's pretty busy too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's he really enjoys... Um, he enjoyed the Australia Day dress and he enjoys kind of that idea of um, the bush being celebrated, I think, yes. like as on a bigger scale, definitely. Yeah. 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 And how have your kids gone in all of this as well? <laughs> yeah, I think they're a bit over it. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Like, I don't know how people really do it with kids. Like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you run a big business and feel okay about the parenting side of things as well. It's just, I, I, I don't have this... The, that formula like it's if somebody gets it right their kids are like super resilient as well yeah yeah and, and i also they think, can see you doing yes stuff, but. but it's just yes and the last few months i think are unsustainable like i don't think you could actually keep doing what i've been doing no um but they have definitely suffered <laughs> but anyway it's all for i think it's a good story in the future oh amazing yeah. so yeah. amazing yeah are you ready for the jumbled mix bag? Yes, let's yeah? do it. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you clearly read all of this. <laughs> okay, I feel like you know the power of social media pretty well. What are some tips on how to harness it and manage it? Okay, um, I am. My feeling is that people, you've got to find your own, like. All the advice is kind of insert your story. People want to connect with your story. I feel like it's such a changing beast that as soon as somebody is telling you that in a forum, it's probably old news. Like, do people want, are we sick of individual stories and stuff? Do we just want, um, like in my case, I felt people were writing to us and saying, I want to see the faces behind this movement. And I was just like, I don't want those faces behind the movement to be part of the story. It's kind of about the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, whatever your thing is, I just think um, possibly to not go with like rules and and mm. and recipes, but to if you if you have a real purpose, like if you have a real sense of what you want your feed to be, then go with it and and um, and and try and kind of tweak it in a way that um, that gets the most engagement. But don't do something just because somebody's saying that's what you know you're going to connect with your story i kind of cringe at that i just think people are people are reacting to um changes on social media so quickly that if you've got a really strong sense of something just just go with that because that's what's going to feel authentic not so much like i'm going to share my day with you pushed because yeah yeah, you know what i mean because i want better engagement yeah it reaks of it as soon as as i reckon we're pretty savvy on the feed oh i know and i i I literally can see one going oh yeah so now she's telling us about her um, her day because that's what's and, and asking a question at the end, like, I know it's a recipe, and yeah. I don't think recipes work anymore. I don't know. Anyway, that's one thing. And I would also say, which um, yeah, I would just say kind of I'm a bit of an I obsess over the messaging and the voice, and so getting that kind of strong, consistent. You're like I would say, jumbled is a really good example of a really strong voice, oh, and I think nice. like. That's what people you are, you might isolate people like people might go I, oh that annoys yeah, me, no. but Probably. I think you also like that's how you build community and yeah um, in my case it was all about community buy in so yeah I'm a bit obsessed with copy and messaging like the the getting that right and also just creating something that you want to create and not 
not kind of following those yeah. recipes yeah, for a social good. media feed. That's good advice. Okay. What is your favourite drink at the Warren Pub? <laughs> um, the Warren Goldfee does an amazing pink lemonade. Oh. That goes with the Chinese. Oh, you know what, I mean? what a special combination. Yeah. Like if you haven't been there and tried it, what, would, what would you order food-wise no, at the Chinese? Squid in Warren. Like honestly, it is. You're so close to the ocean in Warren. Exactly. Like you can so smell fresh. it. You can smell yeah. it. Yeah. Um, definitely out of a freezer, but so good. Yeah, yeah. 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 I and don't like, I don't I don't mind. It's I think it's like the batter. The golfy Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. And pink lemonade. When I did get to Warren, I loved a West Coast cooler. And oh. in, like they, they, you couldn't find them in Sydney, but in Warren, they're in, uh, I was like, in heaven. And From school days. Yeah. Gosh, West Coast schools. Yeah, so good. But no, I'm, I've moved on to the pink lemonade. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Now, what are your best clean, what's your best cleaning up tip post dust storm? Don't do it. Oh. Another one's going to roll on through. Oh. Yeah, I don't clean much. Oh, good yeah. for you. Yeah. Well, why not? Don't bother. You've got you're too busy anyway. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming to speak to us oh, today. Thanks you for are, having me. You have literally empowered the bush, and I think it's just so wonderful. And you've really highlighted. Um, you've changed people's lives. You've changed That's people's nice. businesses, and I think it's just amazing. I feel like I just need to stop you there because I don't think I empowered the bush. I think people were so they were such doers, and they were doing so much. It's just about telling that story to others. I know, so. but you, that's why you're so good because you're so <laughs> humble and, and you know, no, 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 well no. done okay, on all of your success. And Thank we you. just can't wait to see um, where this all goes and where it leads you. And we're so thrilled Thanks. to have you in Orange. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. Oh my goodness. Well, that concludes season one of Jumbled Loves a Chat. Thank you so much for listening. I actually can't believe how much I've loved doing this. So we're definitely going to do season two. We're just locking in our guests now. So hopefully their arms will be as bendy as my last guest and that they'll say yes. But thank you all so much for listening. It's been amazing and your feedback's just been so wonderful to get each week. And also a massive thank you to Sky Manson who's made all of this possible. So until next time, that's goodbye. Woohoo!